Hi, I'm Dan Rogers. I'm a partner with Watson, Farley & Williams in the New York office, and I'm here today with Citibank's Michael Parker. Michael is the chairman of Global Shipping, Logistics, and Offshore at Citi. He is also the chairman of the steering committee of the Poseidon Principles, which were launched here in New York in June of 2019. And that's what we're here to talk to you about today, are the Poseidon Principles. And I'd like to also add that along with the founding uh, banks of Citibank, and I'm going to read the list here, DNB, Societe Generale, ABN AMRO, Amsterdam Trade Bank, Credit Agricole, Danish Ship Finance, Danske Bank, DVB, ING, and Nordea. Citibank played a leading role in the discussions and the formulation of this policy, which my firm, Watson Farley in London, aided and embedded the drafting of. So without further ado, I think the obvious starting point for our audience, Michael, what are the Poseidon Principles and what are they designed to do? The Poseidon Principles are a framework for banks to use the influence they have as the major capital providers to the industry to support the objectives of society as a whole, but more specifically the IMO, the International Maritime Organization, as the global regulator of shipping. The issue, the first principle, if you like, or the first issue we're dealing with is climate change. So in our drafting sessions, we discussed many other subjects, but we concluded that anything that today is legal, scrubbers, any issue that is already regulated is not what we need to bring principles around because regulations should be followed. So what we were looking to do was to support the IMO's objective of the policy they came out with in April 2018 of a reduction of 50% in the shipping industry's greenhouse gas emissions based on the 2008 number which was the peak pre-financial crisis. Because we are the largest capital providers, we have the ability to influence through the lending we do to the industry to the type of ships that will be in existence in future. And so this is a policy to make sure that our portfolios over time support that objective. We used as a precedent the equator principles to which City was again a founding signatory, one of the drafting banks, which was designed to uh, support positive, environmentally positive project finance. The difference is that is a reporting mechanism for deals done in project finance in a calendar year. It isn't a monitoring of those deals subsequent to that. So what we decided to do was this had to be something because of the trajectories being tightened over time, we know that will happen, that banks, especially with long-term financing, as we uh, financing a capital-intensive industry with you know, five, seven, eight, ten-year loans, even 12 years under OECD rules from commitment to, to final repayment, we wanted this to be something where our decisions now on climate change are factored into how our, how our portfolios will develop. The second issue really is what other principles could we deploy? And the first one, obviously, lo logically after the environment is likely to be to do with recycling and scrapping of ships. When the Hong Kong Convention has been ratified, we are likely to incorporate compliance with that convention into the Poseidon principles. But it will be for the then steering committee at that time to make that decision. But that, that is something we've discussed as a, a likely next, next step. 
Now, the IMO's uh, target date is by 2050 to reduce by 50%. How do you see the Poseidon principles? Uh, will it accelerate that schedule, or do you feel it is, is, is moving in lockstep with it? How do, in other words, the Poseidon principles become a, a, another force in that direction? I think they become one of the influences of whether that will happen or not, because obviously the IMO will come up with interim targets on 2030 and 2040, and many decisions made by 2023 around the design of ships will be influenced by, or will be influenced, I suppose, by what ships can be financed and are likely to be financed. So it'll be a combination of what is financeable and what is technically available. So there will be this issue of a transition to that zero emission fleet at some point. In order to meet that 2050 target, you're going to have to have zero emission vessels in the fleet by 2030. What it will help do is to prevent a whole series of old technology being financed by the signatories if that old technology has higher emissions than newer technology. So we will be promoting hopefully that technological change that will lead to the lower emitting ships. I should stress that it's not just the ships, although we're using individual vessel emissions in a weighted average in our portfolios, it's how those ships are operated. So it's the quality of management, if you like, and the, and the broader company management of their fleet that will influence their overall emissions. So part of it is to gain the confidence of the ship owning community to look at this in the same way as they would with respect to uh, more efficient uh, engines and lower cost and, and, the, and the benefits that can come out of that. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, I, I think there are, um, there are lots of factors which the more you get into this, the more you realize that it's some, you can make simple statements, but it's really quite complex. Of course it's complex, but I think that when we started this process, we probably hadn't thought through all the consequences, some of which are dawning on us, but in a way, if we hadn't intended to start with those consequences, we shouldn't have started, but it, that doesn't really matter. I think what we're doing here is something that needs to be done. The byproduct of it, of it I think, is going to be help supporting the quality end of the industry, for want of a better word, those owners, those suppliers, those people in the chain who are willing to invest in the new technology to make the carriage of global trade in, in the whole supply chain a more environmentally efficient and environmentally friendly business. So it's not just so we look good, because we are going to be reporting this in our own sustainability reports, each signatory. So we are exposing ourselves, if you like, to scrutiny by our own shareholders, by regulators, as to are we managing our business with this industry in a way that is consistent with the objectives of the IMO and, of course, our own individual policies on the environment as an individual lender. What sort of mechanisms will the banks need to build within their own operating uh, procedures in order to uh, conform the adherence that they're looking for to make sure that they are getting the reports they want and that this is not just you know a nice little publicity campaign but it has real teeth behind it how do the banks plan to handle well that? I mean, we, we've obviously been focusing on that since before in fact but certainly since the signing the launch of the principles which is the mechanics around how each bank will report the reporting will take place in the second half of 2020 based upon the emissions of each vessel 
in 2019. Now, under IMO regulations, each ship owner has to report the emissions through the DCS rule of each vessel. That information then has to be verified by mainly a classification society, but by a recognized organization before it is submitted to flag state. That information is confidential, belongs to the owner. We believe that under existing information covenants and loan agreements, we're entitled to ask for that information. Yes, you are. We will keep, thank you. <laughs> you advised us we were, but we also used your distinguished firm to help draft a standard, more detailed covenant that takes the information into the details so owners understand what it is they're providing. So we take that information, we get that information, if you like, with the permission of the owner from, the idea at the moment is from the recognized organization. So, at so the time, from what they're already reporting? Well, the, the, yes, so the owner reports, it's verified mm -hmm. by the RO, and a certificate is then effectively signed. So for us, that's, if you like, an audited certificate on I the emissions of that yeah. vessel. So from a regulatory perspective, we feel that if we have that signed information from the classification society, that, that's important. It is a recognized organization under the IMO rules verifying the emissions of that vessel. So we have that piece of information. We then, through the Poseidon Principles Association and the Global Maritime Forum, we have the individual vessel trajectories that go to make up the global fleet trajectory that the 50% is based on. So we're able to assess the alignment of that vessel with the global trajectory. We then take the other piece, so that's the second piece of information. The third piece of information is the outstanding loan at the end of 2019. So that, if you like, is an audited number in each bank's books. You take those three pieces of information, you make the calculation, you take the weighted average, and you have a number that is the alignment percentage. All the information remains confidential, so there's no disclosing of individual loans, there's no disclosing of individual alignment, vessel alignment, uh, and there is no disclosure of the data provided by the owner on the emission. So we take these three pieces of information uh, and we apply a calculation and we are committed to report that alignment percentage. So there's one number we report in our sustainability report for 20, whenever it's published in 2024-2019, uh, our shipping portfolio, and that is the percentage in alignment or out of alignment with the IMO's trajectory. It will also be published on the website of the Poseidon Principles. Each signatory will publish that. And between the signatories, there's obviously the dialogue to take place around how the calculation was made. Now we have a recommended process and we have, you know, if an institution wants to do it all itself, it can do it, but the signatories have the um, ability to ask another signatory how they arrived at their calculation if there's any question as to the methodology. We're trying to work on a platform uh, with, uh, to enable this to be a simpler process where we upload all our IMO numbers the members of IX and other ROs essentially go into that blockchain platform, apply a calculation for a fee, and then afterwards, if a signatory wishes one of those ROs to calculate the overall portfolio, they will do that for another fee. But we're trying to keep it very simple because many banks have a large number of ships. Internally, of course, each bank has to set up their own internal reporting to know what ships they have a mortgage on at the end of the year against which they can apply a loan amount. So I think what's 
many of the signatories have sort of discovered is they had maybe more mortgages or more ships under a mortgage than they expected. Because, of course, if you're part of a large syndicate with either a fleet mortgage or several ships... You don't necessarily book it as a mortgage on your own. Line. Well, you've actually got several ships. Right. You've yes, got a of share course. of a yes. mortgage on. Yes. So, so the number of ships is really where the not the complexity so much as the, the volume of work needs to take place. So if we can establish a simple platform where you just simply upload an IMO number, we can make it a much simpler process. There's a logic to a platform that has that information being able to be used for different purposes by other maritime sectors like insurance. If, if a platform like that, again, has the blockchain confidentiality built into it so that people are using it to share confidential information that only the right people see. How has this been received by the ship owners? Well, the ship, the ship owners obviously is part of the drafting group, Euronav, Cargill, Maersk came in, Gaslog. So we, we had a lot of support from ship owners who understand what we're doing, understand the drift of the world in terms of you know the need for shipping to improve its environmental footprint we've had i've heard of very little hostility uh, other than through really ignorance where ship owners feel we're asking something that they have to do that they don't already have to do if you know what i mean I, yes they, i understand they're already so, obligated yeah they're obligated. a member of the imo we've discovered yes, many ship owners didn't realize they had to publish this in, or they had to provide this information so I think when we've explained it, I think they, they sort of understand. Now, clearly, the impact of the decisions we start making may impact different lenders, different clients. When a lender decides, as a result of being a signatory of Poseidon Principles, to make a different decision to one they might have made last year or the year before. So we will undoubtedly see an impact, and it may well be that certain ship owners feel that because of the Poseidon Principles, a decision a bank makes whether to lend or not, particularly if it's older ships, for example, mm -hmm. has been influenced by that. But that, that is a fact. And, and so this would be one of the boxes in the credit check or the credit uh, review by the credit committee? Yes, and I, and, I, and I think the regulators are very interested in that because they see that very positively, that we are taking into account issues like climate change now as we make the decision for what will be a long-term exposure. Mm -hmm. Because the ship is, is there for a long period, the impact on the environment of that vessel could be significant in its small context. Mm -hmm. And if that vessel would not have existed if the bank hadn't agreed to lend, you're clearly mm -hmm. part of the decision that led to that vessel and its emissions. Well, of course. I mean, a vessel has a useful life of between 20 and yeah. 25 years. Yeah. And so a decision you make now in 2020 will reach far into the future. If this vessel would never have been built uh, with the existing technology and so forth, it uh, won't have an effect down the road. Yeah. But that technological question, I mean, do you expect this to accelerate the transition to more um, environmentally friendly propulsion systems? The Poseidon principles? Yes. Well, I think they will have an influence, yes, because I think that to the extent that we're, the banks are a major player in the maritime ecosystem because it's a very capital-intensive industry and banks have been the major capital providers, we may have more influence in shipping than banks do in certain other industries. But I think 
financial regulators will look at what we're doing in shipping and say, well, how could different other sectors do something similar where you know capital is being a, is a proactive or proactive but also positive promoter of making better environmental decisions now of course the capital markets are beginning to do that through yes, green bonds that, yes. and i think what we'll see in shipping probably is green loans before we see green bonds or at least as a as a predominantly bank financed industry, it'll come through loans probably more than through bonds, although I would expect green shipping bonds to be issued at some point by the end of next year. Not, not sure what, what quantity, but any bond that calls itself green for a scrubber is not going to be green. So because something's been called green to date, it does not mean it will be green in future. Yeah, right. And I think it's important to clarify that these principles are not just applicable to what one, when, when the word bank comes up, people think loan. Yeah. But this would also be applicable to leasing structures? Yes, anything that is the equivalent of a loan. So we are, we are talking to the leasing houses, particularly the, um, the uh, Chinese lessors around them becoming signatories. Of course, they are banks as well as lessors. Many but, of them are, yes. But we're treating finance leases as if they were loans. Uh, courts would too. Yeah, well, I think that's the point. The point is we're talking about the provision of capital, whatever the structure, from banks or the equivalent organizations. And, and uh, um, at some point, of course, we may get into discussing whether promoters of capital market issues should, if not become signatories to the sign principles, whether in a way that sort of the green bond taxonomy may develop that if you're going to sponsor a bond which is going to finance new buildings that that somehow they are consistent with the Poseidon principle. So this could also affect underwriting decisions? Well, it could do. I mean, we're not, they're not there yet and we haven't, of course, had the first year of reporting so yes. we're not trying to run ahead of ourselves. But I think what, what we've done is we drew a line in the sand because we had to start somewhere. We've been able to tie it to a global regulator. We've tied it to an industry's ambition and we're saying as an important group within the ecosystem of that industry this is the contribution we want to make at the same time as, as lending institutions our own environmental policies are being scrutinized by our shareholders by our regulators and I think we're ahead of many other industries we have the advantages of the IMO to maybe do that but we're certainly in tune with the way society is looking at this issue and financial regulators are too. I don't think it's very often that one can state affirmatively that shipping is ahead of other industries. Usually it's chasing behind. But, that, but, but you see, that is why shipping must embrace this whole transition, because I'm very clear in my own mind that this is shipping's greatest opportunity in my career time to actually not just change its image through image making, but actually to get the message out to society as a whole of the role shipping plays in helping developing economies grow, getting paid for its services, and getting paid for its services in a way that rewards environmental responsibility. Uh, and, and, you know, I think in a way the strategy of ship owners to get more to the end consumer, which you can see in the container sector, is the end consumer, be it the shareholder or, you know, the millennial, whether there's strongly motivated as Greta Thunberg, but the millennial is much more inter interested in where goods come from, how they, got, how they were made, how they got transported. So I think the shipping industry is getting very much in tune with the times, 
but has got to get out of this uh, uh, sort of history of hiding to the party. Well, hiding away. I mean, there's a very mm -hmm. positive message to be told here. And mm -hmm. You heard it on the panels today, and I think it's owners having the courage and standing out there, and we've seen many of them do that, and I just encourage others to do that. So, Have you encountered any resistance from any flag states or other large nations that are still in a, I would describe, a, a developing transitional mode, perhaps China, India? No, I, I don't think so yet, because I don't think, I think when people understand, you know, when people understand what we're trying to do, the Poseidon Principles, I think they can see there, there's, there's no no reason for any particular country or, or any group to feel threatened by it at all. The, the, we're using emissions. What we need to recognize is what we may measure in future may change by the way in which either the IMO chooses to make calculations or to make rules. But also, of course, it's, it's, it's society changing it in the way that it wants providers of its services to be transparent. So when companies disclose their emissions and the commercial consequences of that are that certain ships are chartered and certain are not, then that of course will have a very powerful influence too. So there's nothing we are doing that is antagonistic to any interest um, you know, other than maybe any owner who wishes to keep in their fleet a very inefficient high emitting vessel, nothing stops it because of the Poseidon principles, but they will find it very difficult to get someone to lend them the money to finance that ship, so they'll have to do it through equity. Well, let's talk a little bit about that context. Uh, how would the bank react if there were a breach of covenants in the loan documentation for a ship that it has financed with respect to the Poseidon principles? How would, how would the bank react to that? Well, the only breach would be the reporting, the reporting, the failure to provide the information. Exactly. But, but if they fail to provide the information, they're either in breach of the IMO regulation, in which case the ship can't sail, or if they refuse to provide the signatory with the information, one has to assume the relationship in some way has broken down between the lender and the borrower, in which case there are probably other problems and in which case then the individual lender would decide what probably other remedies they had around their relationship with that particular borrower. So that's why I would make it absolutely clear, because this came up in conference in London, the Poseidon Principles imposes no additional covenants on any borrower on envir for environmental issues. If an individual signatory chooses to add in covenants as a consequence of the information provided, that is entirely up to that individual lender and nothing to do with the Poseidon Principles Association or, or the original principles. And I'm not commenting one way or the other as to whether it's a good or bad thing to do. It's possible um, that a bank may wish to do that. Well, let's, um, let's ask another question. It's only three months in since the principles were launched. Have you encountered any uh, things that you think need to be adjusted or changed? No, not yet. And I think, I think no one has commented on, apart from the issue of collecting the information, and, that, and some people express the concern because of the bureaucracy aspect of that, and we've acknowledged that we're trying to put in place some system to help make that easier. No one has actually said, I can't sign that because. Uh, and so what I do recognize on issues like this, every institution has its own policies on the environment. So there are many lenders to the shipping industry who are 
very, uh, pro, you know, very um, have very pro-environmental policies, put it that way, who have not yet signed. It's just the process of decision making within those institutions. So we're expecting some more signatories in the next few months. Uh, people who are getting very close to signing because they've had to go through their own internal processes, and then we'd ex we'd expect another group early in the new year. You know, at the time that the information is beginning to become available. So we would like every serious shipping lender and lessor to become a signatory to the Poseidon Principles and can see no reason why they wouldn't unless they have a particular business port business slash portfolio that is aimed at particular types of ships that mean older they know ships, they wouldn't yeah. comply. Well, yeah. it may not just be older ships. It may be you know the type of shipping they're lending to that they know they won't be in alignment and therefore don't wish to publish the fact. You know, I, I can't think of an institution like that, but there may be one or two that have done some sort of calculation. I suspect when we publish the results of the first year, uh, and hopefully we'll all be more or less in alignment, that those institutions that have not become signatories at that point will realize that there's nothing wrong with being a signatory and will join us then. Now, obviously, private equity has begun to play a larger role in shipping over the last 10 years. And as the name would imply, they don't necessarily come in in a lending capacity. Oftentimes, it is in a joint venture capacity in which they have provided the equity in exchange for the ship owner's expertise in running the ships. Yeah. Um, how do you see private equity falling in line with this? Well, we have, uh, we, we've, we've not excluded any other form of capital provider, but what we're really saying is, you know, private equity, the owners of that equity really are a series of limited partners. It's like buying a bond. It's a series of bondholders, and same with equity. I, it's not, you know, the, the private equity firm signing it. The reality is Correct. that it's distributed into some fund. That's so right. not really the same thing. I think when we get to looking at capital markets, we'd probably include private equity in that. If you're going to uh, make some form of investment which you then distribute to other people, could be equity debt or, or, or private equity if you like, should you somehow certify that you, the decision you're making is consistent with the Poseidon principles because. But we haven't got there at this point and I think that that's something that we need to consider at some point in the future when we've reported the first year and the then association is happy with the way it's working and then you know says well let's expand it in some way to include other capital providers that may well tie into what goes on in the green bond world and, and therefore it may well be that the um, involvement of other capital providers will be through consistent rules with the, the, the certifiers of green bonds that we can then incorporate in some sort of way within the Poseidon principles. Okay. What about the charters, especially some of the oil majors? How do they, have there been any contact with them and their views on this? I think they're, 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 they're supportive. I think they, you know, the, the oil majors that are very prominent in understanding the need for transition, they see no harm in this at all. So again, their own ships, they're probably not providing mortgages, so they wouldn't get brought into the Poseidon principle. I think we have to wait and see how, after the first year of information on emissions is published, what then happens to that information. 
so the information belongs to the owner. If the owner publishes that information, the commercial pressures on all owners to publish that information is likely to be quite high. I would agree. I mean, in shipping, it has historically been when one breaks through the door, the rest come charging in after once they see that the ice hasn't broken beneath the feet of the leader. Well, I've got time for one last question, Dan. Yes. One last question. Do you see this as a positive development for shipping, or do you think it is a necessary development? Well, I think, it's, I think it's both. I think it's necessary, but I think it's also positive, because I think it's one of the things, one of many things moving in parallel, some are connected with each other, which are about this collaboration we talked about in the panel here earlier. If you believe in climate change, and you believe in the importance of shipping as an industry, in the global economy and we have to do something about the emissions of the industry then we have to do something and so we're playing our part in helping that happen but then there are lots of institutions that are not lenders who will in their different ways also contribute to that so I think shipping banks can contribute directly in this way in terms of the direct decisions we're making and can support a number of the other initiatives that are taking place around the broader environmental issue so I sign City up to the Getting to Zero Coalition on zero emission vessels because I see opportunities for my colleagues in other sectors within other industries to help support that initiative from the power industry, from the energy industry, from the broader um, capital goods, if you like, the engineering sector, the development of new engines and things. So there's a broader agenda where financial institutions beyond just what we lend to the shipping industry can do to help achieve that transition for the industry. All right, well, Michael, thank you very, very much.